If someone ever says, what are you doing tonight? What are you doing this afternoon? You go, you've got to come up with something. Quick. No, well, you've got to come up with something quick, but you've got to come up with something that sounds like it's cool if you got out of it. Right. Because if they're like, I got Dodgers tickets, yeah. you're like, well, I'll just cancel on that yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's got to be, right. it's gotta be, it's gotta be uh, halfway. Uh, we were going to go to Ozzy Osbourne's for lunch. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. What, no, what's no. your thing? What's... No, we can cancel the abortion. You're like, never fine. mind, never mind. We... <laughs> <laughs> we can get an abortion in nine months. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I mean, technically it's the second trimester next week, but, you know, you know. Meet me at the ice cream truck. I'll buy you some ice cream. You know what I mean? The show is obscene, but I bet you gon' like these three dudes trying to get along. Craig Coleman and Matt Fulcheron. Don't forget to start the show. EA Dub, Eric Allen Window. Let's go. Try to keep up. Turn up the AC stage enough. Eat it up. Time to devour the full charge power hour. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome to Los Feliz. Welcome to the Full Charge Power Hour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We got Craig Coleman here. Hey. AKA oh. Kid Duracell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, got, uh, we got Aaron Cater here. What up, dog? Dude. Mm-hmm. Yo, Yo you're on the podcast right now. Mm-hmm. What's no, up? I was going to I was gonna Google a picture to show you guys. No. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A couple, yeah. couple things to promote. Uh, Sam Tripoli, Tripoli just dropped a new album called... Hey. Uh, what's it called? Do you know what it's called? Sam Tripoli's album? It's called album? Believe in Yourself. Oh, I didn't know that. It's Believe in Yourself? Yeah, That's hilarious. It's on it. iTunes and, uh, and check it out. Uh, Burt Kreischer's dropping a book. Oh. Life of the Party. A book. If you want to see the full charge, that's me. Check out my calendar on thefullcharge.com. Boom. I'm going to be in Des Moines on June 11th. Oops. I need your support. Last time I was there. How was it? Uh, no? It was Des Moines, medi- Iowa? It was mediocre. What time of year was it? Because now it was, it's like going to be spring by June out there. They'll was, be happy. It was July. <laughs> oh. It was July. That's going to say middle same, of winter is always brutal. Thing. Thing. You know, areas. there's a lot of different types of corn. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I need you guys to come out and laugh. Fucking laugh! I'm tired of being stared at. Yeah, uh, Des Moines. Got I got T-shirts at the website. You can donate at the website. I got a CD called "This Is the Part of the Job I Hate." Now I look myself up on Pandora because I've got about 14 hours a day to kill. Sure, you know, on a day off. They describe my uh, my track as dim-witted humor. Oh, and mm. shouting. And oh, shouting. Shouting. And All right. Dim-witted. Now, this is how much people hate comedy. Like, you're never going to see a music review like that. Right. Yeah. It's never going to be like poor chord changes. Yes. <laughs> or out of tune singing. Yeah. It's going to be like artistic or right. punk rock or right. whatever. Yeah. Too but, fast and but, loud. But for comedy, they're like shitty. Yeah. Not that good. Slayer, yeah. too satanic and fast. I mean, how many bands do you see where the guitars are messy and it's sloppy, right. but like it's still cool? It gets praised. Yeah. Right, 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 right. I've never heard anybody say like Black Flag. It's just noisy <laughs> yeah. and angry. Uh, huh. Jay Z is mixing too much stuff. It's noisy. <laughs> too much beats. Yeah. So who wrote that? <laughs> What? Who wrote? Where what? was that from? It's it's okay. So it's if you if you listen to Pandora, mm-hmm. oh, on Pandora, Pandora. There's descriptions right. of the music, yeah, yeah, and they yeah. let like that's someone's job, Regular. to be someone to describe the music, and they give them options to pick. Oh, and, and that, so like dim witted humor is like a category. 
I that somebody can you, click I would, on. I would, I would call you clever. Thank you. I would call you creative. <laughs> Thank you. I would call you original. Very I would nice. call you like, See? you know, also we're from the generation that was the original um, rap generation. That's true. You know, and we, we understand the origins of, of, of music. Yeah. And now we're just seen as older because music that came out when we were that age is now being Classic. sampled and, and redone. Sure. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't, you know, no. you, don't, you don't look your age. You seem hip. You seem like you might have been in a band at one point. Sure, right. You know, sure. you, you seem like you would know a lot of stuff about a lot of things. Right. In Pandora's defense, I was shouting on the track. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, maybe they have a point then. Maybe they, maybe they could listen to more than one track, right? But no, but it's so funny when like people, people like I've been told I've been smart a lot lately. And then occasionally I just get like bitch slapped right. by a, by a dim witted. Oh, thank you. <laughs> on Pandora, yeah. is uh, Pandora? Would that be like? Oh, now that I'm off work from Radio Shack, I'm going to leave a scathing review of somebody's uh, no, work. It's, that's that's what's funny about it. It's not a review. It's, it's a description. Fuck. That's that weird. Pandora has approved. That throws you in a box. Wow. <laughs> Have you tried to get there in touch go. with any? Mike, mine no, would be, no, 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 well, no. he's overweight, and be like, yeah, but this is an audio track. It's not <laughs> no, necessary. I'm not, I'm not getting in touch with them. No, Pandora, I don't think anyone's looking me up on Pandora. Well, I think I'm know. the one looking me up on Pandora. Yeah, but Pandora, you just don't know what's going to come up. You'll be on comedy, and you might just pop up for no reason, because Pandora just makes suggestions for you and tries to get you to... To, to listen I would, to stuff. I would love if someone is looking up dim-witted humor in general. <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> right? now that you say that like that, dim-witted is not exactly a bad thing in comedy. Like, sure. I know that by the word dim-witted means you don't have wit or right. not sharp wit, and so that is bad for comedy. Right. But in so many, so how many comics would you say are, are purposefully dim-witted? You know, many. Per, you know, that's like. All of comedy, so right. It depends on which way you look at that. Absolutely, and I, I'm looking at it just to kind of laugh at it yeah. because I've heard so much the opposite. I can take that one. There's so I can much take that more one. lowest common denominator comedy than than you. That's that's retarded. Basically, by the time someone says they hate reading, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the, that's a worse review. What? Book book reader. <laughs> <laughs> right. you know, this comic seems like he reads a lot. Right. No, really. Yeah, and a lot of people are like, oh, he's going to be smart, yeah. make me think. Yeah, you'll be the laughing stock of Des Moines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was trying to think of like the last time we all did a gig together because oh. we all started out together. Oh, yeah. God. And I doubt it's the last one we ever did together, but the one that mm. comes to mind is when Bringham Avery. Uh, oh shit! <laughs> do you remember this guy? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we all used to do this show in Culver City called Bar Azur. Yeah, yes, and so it was. Uh, I don't know. That was kind of like became our clique in a way. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Although that, your wedding was like a total because reunion, reunion of Bar Azur because yeah. all the other mics and open mics we had to do were at coffee shops, which fucking sucked. There's a couple of coffee this, shops in Haha. We used to we used to yeah. run there a lot. Back but then, but, but yeah, this one was like a bar, so it was dark. Right. It had the qualities yeah. of a comedy club, right? Whereas when you do a coffee shop, God fucking help you, right? You were already in at the store at that point. No, I just gotten in. It was right before I got in because I remember I came to Bar Azur and like Brian was hosting, mm-hmm. and he goes, "The newest comedy store paid regular," right. and and I and I was all proud of myself that night. But uh, there there was us, there was Taylor and Ari, Tom yes. McCaffrey. 
Uh, McCaffrey. Anna, Anna, ba- Anna, Anna somebody. Beta. Anna Beta. Anna Beta. That's where I met Black. Black, um, Black. Chris Hardwick came in there a couple of times. Lots then. of True. folks came through. Yeah, a lot of people used to come there in. Was, there, I remember one time, like, I was just starting to get my grip on uh, the jokes I'm famous for. Mm-hmm. Where, like, y'all hear that dial tone? The shit is off the hook. Uh, <laughs> and we were just getting into those. I remember Peter Sprite went up to, after me. Yeah, what did he do? He was like, y'all better put on your hard hats. <laughs> Because I'm about to rip the roof off this motherfucker. Yes, the roof's about to <laughs> fall down. And that was the first time, and I don't know, you probably did invent some of those jokes there. I, I, I have a bunch of jokes that I invented there, but you went in the back and found a ladder. Yeah, okay, so I, I, told, I, told, I told Tom McCaffrey to heckle me. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? I told Tom McCaffrey to heckle me. He's like, hey, man, you suck or whatever. I'm like, you motherfucker, wait here, like as if there's anywhere to go. Right. I went in the back and I got a ladder. I'm like, this is a ladder. You're going to need it if you want to fucking step to me. Yeah. The, seriously, the place went crazy. The place went Absolutely. crazy. Because it was week after That's week genius. of Fultron with these just like hilarious one-liners that right. were like these total like, you know, uh, smack talk. You know, you, you want to step to this. I'm about to break it. You know, you hear that. It was like total shit talk. And that must be why everybody hated McCaffrey because they're like, why is he heckling Fultron? <laughs> we like both of you guys, and both of you guys had a lot of similar jokes we or did. whatever. You guys wrote them together maybe, or you guys were buddies. But like, Because he right. had that funny joke about how um, in the Lionel Richie um, uh, video for Hello, Hello yeah. there's a blind girl <laughs> sure. in the video, and she was sculpting um, a bust, and it was of his face. And he goes... Uh, I guess all people, I mean, for blind people, everybody just looks like Lionel Richie. That's the <laughs> de- default, you know, like, that's what it looks like for all, blind people. All, all people look like Lionel Richie? Yeah. All his jokes back then were about, like, something he saw on TV. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I saw the Pat Benatar video. <laughs> And she's like getting kicked out of her parents' house, and she's like thirty. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was also one night at um, at Coconut down. Teaser, which was this basement in the, like a rock club, yeah, yeah. And on Sunset Boulevard, and everyone just was shitting on this one guy in the audience, like for real, like taking this guy on. And so McCaffrey, in imitation of that, every time he told a joke, he just go. This guy's a fucking dick. <laughs> and he'd move was on it the there. guitar guy? No, that was Buzz. Okay. Buzz. You, you were there I remember, for that? I remember some of that. Yeah, I was there for a bunch of those shows, and there was always, yeah, it was like Bu- a, a rocky. That's rock Buzz. Buzz guy. was a, uh, a music open micer. Right. There was right. two open mics. There was a music and a comedy. And so he would go on last on comedy. I mean, last on music, so he could actually be part of the comedy open mm-hmm. mic. Mm-hmm. Then he'd sit in the audience. And heckle us with like a vest on. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. always a new rock bitch. <laughs> yeah, he was like trying to want to be rocker, and we were like, come on, guy. Like, so, seriously. So, Bring a Maybe invites like the Barazor All Stars down south. Oh. Uh, do you, now, I'm when tra- was this? This was um, probably in 2000, 2001. Whenever oh, we were Barazor in it. Yeah, that was when. He yeah. invited everybody down. It was 2000. And Brigham used yeah. to have this bit where, like, he'd do the whole sh- act. This is even at an open mic. And then at the end, he'd be like, because I'm wearing a toupee. And then he'd take the toupee off. That's do you know right. that? Do you yeah, remember that? That's right. Jeez. Oh, my God. So he, he had this... Um, that's funny. He, he had this Orange <laughs> County gig for all of us. And we all went down there. It was me, you, you... Did I do BK? it? BK? Uh, BK was there, and Tom McAfee was there, and Brigham was there. Oh, and it was man. like it started off strong. It mm-hmm. was like 
Brigham started the show off, and like the whole place was fucking packed. Right. And it was everyone was going ape shit. <laughs> but after every comedian went up, like more and more people left. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the huge. Until okay. it was just like. The same ten of us that would have been in the bar azor. Yeah, <laughs> turned it actually. But it's time actually turned into bar azor. You, you went up. Uh-huh. Then you went up, and you were like, "Listen, I'm not going to try tonight." You're like, "I'm not going to be up here sweating like a meatloaf, like Coleman." Do you remember that? Right. <laughs> oh, I remember a lot of sweating like meatloaf. Yeah, because you you're a hundred percent guy. You get up there and you you, you rock do. it out, and w- win or lose, you're going to perform your best. <laughs> right. You're going to have your best show. You you planned it. You've arranged it. You put it together. You're going to get up and you're going to do it. Sometimes maybe it's the weed talking, but you're going to do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's back when I would drink and get high. Yeah. You would before shows. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I tried it, and I, every time it was like, oh, man, I'm better off without... Sometimes the weed works against you. Yeah. Oh, it can easily, sure. easily yeah. work against you. Weed usually works against me. I haven't gotten high before a show in so many years. Yeah, but, I stopped. <laughs> uh, I, can, I can drink. I can definitely have a couple yes. of drinks. Weed usually doesn't make you a force of nature. No. no. It actually makes you a receptacle of nature. Right. Right? Right. right. You just sit there and take I, it yeah. all in. I mean, I've noticed with Chappelle or Joe Rogan or guys who are constantly stoned on stage that they can be funny and they can be brilliant but it does seem like they're more they're more likely to just like ramble for an hour <laughs> yes than have an agenda and right. sort of get through their material and be right. a little quicker so it can it can if you have tons of time and room to fail then you know go for it but <laughs> yeah yeah that's the thing that would happen is sometimes if I was two stone right i'd be in the middle of something i go oh wait this isn't a joke you're just talking <laughs> yeah you're just fucking talking i'm now. just like ignoring them basically yeah. i'm just talking to myself right, right. mitch mitch used to have a joke about like wanting to have a trap door on the stage <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you just For push yourself, a, you yeah. just push a button, and you, you fall down and land and a tunnel out to your car. <laughs> Fucking a! Uh. And you just, he said, "You know, just and I land on a couch and have a drink." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Just like a way Brilliant. out. There's got to be a way out. Brilliant. Yeah, there without having be. to like pass the mic and walk through the audience oh. and like try to acknowledge a couple of people before you get the fuck out of there. Yeah, <laughs> pretending like you, you pretending like you're okay. Yeah, like, thanks yeah. everybody. I had a good time. <laughs> yeah. And then like at the store you even have to introduce somebody with with gusto like this next guy's really great. Oh yeah, and pretend like it didn't hurt. It's like trying to like, you know, kick something or be doing a karate thing and then sure. even, like acting like that didn't just break your hand. Right. You know, you're like, "Oh, I, I love when uh, I love when uh, like an MC totally bombs and then they're bringing you up and they go, uh, this next guy's a really, really good friend of mine." You're like, "Hey, hey, hey, hey." Yeah. We're not that close, <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Don't associate me with you. Yeah, let's not get too close. We're just, you know, it's one night out of the week. My go-to was always, oh, oh, I'm sorry, people. These are just dreams that I'm chasing. It's yeah, and it, and they go, oh, and I go, oh, it's cool, it's cool. I'll go home tonight. I'll smoke a joint and m- masturbate in the dark while I cry. <laughs> and then that would usually get a laugh. Yeah, and people are like half laugh, That's half. Okay. Oh fuck! I wonder if it means that we'll be your friend. Yeah, I got that recently. I got like after like the third self-deprecating joke, I got like oh, yeah. Once, and once the all starts, oh, like, all right, take like, it all right, easy. Settle yeah. down, you maniac. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I try to get um, you know sympathy now by just like being equally sort of offensive, I guess. Because you know when you're young and you're cute, you can try oh, to get yeah. away with that shit. But now yeah. that we're forty, I know you're not know, so fuckable, right? No, 
not as easy to yeah. like no, sort know. of be like, come on, guys, feel bad for come me. Come on, dudes. I'm really trying hard. <laughs> They're like, no, dude, you're no. a grown up. Yeah, you They're take like, responsibility you got, for yeah. your actions. You're a veteran. Yeah, they said should. you had TV credits. Well, that's the thing about all of us. Like at one point, we all you know had some opportunity where we were the young up and coming you know new <laughs> yes. face guy a couple, couple times and and a couple times and you can basically be a new face for 6 7 years absolutely and then if you have your couple of new face opportunities and then you get to the next thing and you can shoot to the middle pretty quick yeah and then you get stuck there because the you're not a new face and we're not um, famous older vets but we're supposed to be vets and our acts are good but we just haven't Nobody this, knows us. This is the, uh, what do they call that? The spread? spread. Where it's like you got to make it through this point. That's true. This to is get the hard the, part. To get to the vet stage. Yeah. Lots of people can start and shoot to the middle. But yeah, hanging in there for the 14th to 20th year. Woo! Yeah. Tough. That's the, that's the time. Um, one day I got a call from you. And you were like, uh, I got this gig in Egypt. It pays really well. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I'm fucking, I'm on board. Post-revolution. <laughs> it was actually, I was like, I told somebody about it. Uh-huh. And I think it was even Wendell or somebody. He's like, you going to Egypt? He's like, there's, there's like riots and shit going on. Yeah, the there's revolution. a revolution oh, going on. Was it at that time? Yeah, the revolution. The, the main revolution, the Tahrir Square right. like whole thing, which was what, 2012 or 13? It's okay. been two years now. Yeah. Um, so it had just ended. But nobody knew who the next leader was going right. to be. But Mubarak had officially stepped down and everything was like – and so the American University in Cairo, which I've, I've played before and gone out there before, and I've done tons of shows in Egypt. So they said, who's a comic that would be good? And I, I think of Matt. And I'm like, Matt will work out there. You know, like, <laughs> Matt will iron you guys' shit out. Yeah, like you don't have to be like um, – you don't have to know anything about the Middle East to be funny out they, there. They were a little worried about it though, weren't they? Well, they were worried like – because you're an American and you don't know anything about like them, but yeah. at the same time, like if you just forget all that and just treat it like comedy's comedy, and they speak English, um, sometimes you have to be a little bit more hyperbolic or physical, sure, because you know that's like the playing Ohio culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, it's like playing some <laughs> fucking horrible place in the U.S., right? Yeah, Ohio, yeah. anywhere in the Midwest. Um, so, uh, <laughs> I was all down for it. The price was yeah. right. Yeah. And they were willing to pay a bunch of money and everything. So, and then what happened? Well, I went over to your place and we were all chilling. We had to send your passport and we, info. We were sending passport info and stuff. And it was like, it was really only about like less than a week away. I think. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you got cold feet. I got really cold feet because. I don't. You were on the phone with them, like negotiating the price, and yeah. like we didn't have plane tickets yet. Right. And I'm thinking about like this revolution, and I've seen locked up abroad too many times. <laughs> he had too much time to think. And I was, uh, yeah, exactly. I had yeah. too much time to think. You started looking into. And it. I was like really pessimistic at the time too, and I really felt like. Why would I go and give my life away? Why? Why? Why am I like? Why am I? I'm very unsure about this. Yeah. Everything seemed very uncertain. <laughs> and so I just bailed And it was hard for me to do Because it was a lot of money They were pissed and I too felt, And I felt like a fucking pussy You'll never work in Cairo again my friend. <laughs> I gotta overthrow the government Just to work there That guy And, and He was calling me And I it was, was like Mr. Fulsharan I would like <laughs> to talk to you About this gig Please call me back Yeah yeah I mean <laughs> Once you once Hold you, on The university <laughs> is on fire Hold on Yeah I mean like I I know how It Every time I've done gigs in the Middle East, it, it got to the point where uh, pretty early on, after my second or third time, I said, you have to wire half of the money, 50% of it, 
in the account or I won't get on the flight because you just don't have any recourse if they decide not to pay you. And right. even if you did, you might not be willing to pursue it because you'd be like, this might be time consuming and then it's going to, and what's it worth? And a lot of times they're honest guys who are just trying to throw a show together like anywhere. Right. Sure. You know, and so. They were students, these guys. And a lot of these guys are students. The guy who booked it wasn't a student, but he works with the students and he's booked other shows. So anyway, he was mad at you and, and I was like apologetic for you. And then he filled in and he found somebody else. And there ended up being like six or eight student comedians that all did time. And like the show was like way too long as it was. <laughs> But oh, um, about to have another revolution. Yeah, but who cares? You would have come out there. You would have gone to the campus, which is totally safe. It's like a brand new I campus know. too. I, it would have been fine. I, I like. I knew you got scared. Everything was going to be fine, but like I had this weird. I was in a bad headspace at the time. Well, it's and not kinda, fun to fly out there either. Well, that's the thing. It's like twenty hours, right? Yeah, it's a long. Jesus. Now you play in the Middle East a lot. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've been doing it. Like since two thousand seven, when I first started uh, going out there. But yeah, Cairo is different because it's such a big massive city and it's and it did have political and I have no I don't blame you for not wanting to go to Cairo because like at that time it did seem completely unstable and it was but it wasn't completely lawless the you know the yeah. military taken over and it was basically post revolution hangover everybody was like we won the revolution now what, <laughs> now what are we going to do right. it's like after woodstock yeah. fuck Oh, my tent's all fucked up. <laughs> yeah, like, how do I get Jesus. home from here? Holy crap. Yeah, and then they elected that guy that they had to have another revolution to get rid of this, the guy they elected. Of course. Um, because he turned out to be, like, basically he was undercutting everything democracy stands for. He was turning into another dictator, so they ousted him, and everybody was like, this is not a democracy. You voted for him. You're supposed to let him serve his time. Right. And it's like, well, no, no, no. Not if the guy is like becoming a, a dictator. <laughs> the last guy, right. 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 And, and, in, and putting Islamic laws on certain, like, you know, you have to get rid of somebody like that right. because that's the opposite of They're like, of that's democracy. not what we meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, they're now like, we're going to put boot on neck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. We were trying to get rid of the boot. No, no. Boot no, on it's neck. It's okay. Boot. Strong fist. So where have, where have you played overseas? So um, Beirut, Palestine, Jordan, all, all the fun Jordan, spots, Cairo, Dubai, places Dhabi, that are never on the news. Riyadh, Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, what's that like? It's like the mecca of a lot of pussy. Mecca. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like the mecca of comedy. Um, <laughs> we are very fun here, Mister Cater. You will understand. We you know, like mo- the humor. Most, yeah, yeah. It's very good. It's seriously. I will. You go to Saudi Arabia. You'll see, like, a, if you go to a normal city, you go to Kansas City, you go to Philadelphia, you go any city, you're likely to see a big stadium somewhere, the uh-huh. football stadium, mm-hmm. right? And you go to Saudi Arabia, and you're like, oh, is that a big, fo- what are the, no, that's a musk. <laughs> oh, of course. Like, oh, it's just the size of a cowboy stadium, but it's just a musk. Yeah, biggest musk. So it's more like Bakersfield. Yeah. Nothing fun happens here. Oh, that's a giant church. Right. Yeah, it's another giant church. The most fun thing you can do out there is go to an air-conditioned mall. And nice. they had, you know, big, massive, nice malls and everything. So it's like Ohio. Just like Bakersfield. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just like Ohio. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> that just reminded me. Remember, uh, we have a, brand, a friend, uh, Brian Keith Etheridge. He yeah. went on stage at the, at the belly room with, uh-huh. like, his, his bells. Yes. And he played. Ding, 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 Oh, he had the little xylophone. Yeah. He's like, y'all ready for this? Yeah. He couldn't be more white. It's so funny that Brian, like, he's... A percussionist. He's got a master's degree in music. He played an orchestral oh, yeah. percussionist, and he's in a band. And he has, 
you know, plays the drums and everything. But if you just met him and hung out with him, you would never think that the guy had rhythm. Right. But then if you ask no. him to play in a band, he'll just hold it down. Yeah. You know? Remember we went to see him and he was in like a goth band? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Buy now and save. Yeah. I was like, wow, really? Brian? Right. Fuck. Right. He did not look the part. Holy no. crap. The rest of them were all like skinny with like long hair. Sure. Yeah. And tattoos. They all look like Marilyn Manson. Yeah. And then right. they're like, oh, and here's Brian. And Brian's got like glasses yeah. and yeah. like curly hair, short What's curly his, hair. Uh, I look like uh, Bill Gates' unsuccessful brother. <laughs> yeah. Was that his yeah. job? <laughs> Which he does. It's kind of true about music, though. A lot of bands that are like crazy always had like the musician drummer. You know, sure. Like, um, wasn't it like uh, that's the Perry one that- Farrell or um, um, yeah, Stephen Perkins? Yeah, he's totally like. Wasn't that. he playing like the marching band at Notre Dame? Or yeah, something? he's fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's one instrument you can't really fake. No, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I, I kind of did, but we were like, in Anchorage, so it didn't matter. Right, Perry Farrell, Porno for Pyros, or no, it was before. What was his original? James Addiction. James Addiction. Addiction. I think it was the drummer for James Addiction. Right. Yeah, Perry, uh, uh, Stephen, and him are friends, so they when he they broke up. Uh, Jane's Addiction right. He went with Perry Right and, and then the bass player Dave Navarro And the bass player Started a band Deconstruction That oh, no one ever listened to I got that CD It's Is it good? good It's good If you're You know yeah. If you shoot a lot of heroin It's fucking <laughs> sure. great that's, that's one band That like You really have to make The argument for heroin Like when they got back together Right Yeah And they were sober It was missing something uh, Yeah Radiohead kind of proved That you can You can still make music Beyond heroin I think True If they're they're clean Are they heroin addicts? I don't think so No No He just seemed like it I don't know Speaking of drug addict bands Fishbone The drummer for Fishbone Was the only one That turned out normal Yeah what's he doing now? He just plays on a lot of recordings Oh okay Yeah the rest (laughs) The rest of them are nuts. You ever see that drummer, documentary about that? Yeah, Fucking awesome. far it's out. Great. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah, those brought guys back are... so many memories. That was the best live show still to this day I'd ever seen. They came to Southern Maryland, buddy. They came mm-hmm. to St. Mary's College. And I was like, oh, oh I'll yeah. check them out. And I was like, holy fucking Oh, they're Christ. amazing. Great. I saw them at so University awesome. of Maryland back then. What was the Poly Pavilion? What was, what was the name of one of those venues there? I don't know. I saw them at George Mason, too. I saw them a bunch of times when they'd come around D.C. area. And then I saw him in L.A. a couple of times. They had, now that we're older, we know they had like a dope college agent. They <laughs> yeah. were like, we can get this band around the colleges. Because sure, they didn't right. hit anywhere else. No. Well, you know, the funny thing is, they were all part of that Red Hot Chili Peppers, Jane's Addiction, yeah. that L.A. Kinda, scene. They kinda. were all part of that. Well, it seemed kinda like they started, started it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and but then when everybody else then, took like, off, they, they kind of fell off. No doubt, no doubt. It's like, we'll take it from here, guys. Right. But we're not also, as good, but... Like, right. their second major album was a... Fucking complete disappointment for me because it was like yeah. three good songs and then skits. Yeah, there was some there weird was skits. Like, yeah, a bunch of skits. <laughs> well, to and be I'm honest, like, what the fuck is this? That documentary kind of showed that like if they could have kept their shit together yes. and come out with a good album, they might have weathered that little hump. Absolutely, where Red Hot Chili Peppers got over that hump, and now like my wife's little brother is like nineteen, mm-hmm. and. uh he listens to the Chili Peppers as right. if they're just another band that's out right now. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm like, dude, they were out when I... Oh, he doesn't even know. That, yeah. And he, they do know their old stuff, too, because they, they've just... They've, Red Hot Chili Peppers have spanned this generation gap. They've, they've yeah. covered, like, oh, the last 20 definitely. years, and they still have fans that are the same age. It's like, it's like a comic whose audience stays college kids, you know? Sure, it's yeah. Like, they're still appealing to the same group. I remember when uh, we were all we were all listening to Led Zeppelin, like in the in right. like the, the late eighties, yeah, maybe going in the nineties. Mm-hmm. And my and like one of the kids was singing "Stairway to Heaven," 
And my soccer coach goes, why the fuck are you guys singing Led Zeppelin? That was popular when I was in high yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. He was pissed at us because he probably thought we were all on drugs. Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> my dad, like, That's I was hilarious. a big fan of Ozzy Osbourne right. when I was, like, 12. You know? And I was like, oh, Ozzy's the shit. My dad's a fucking Ozzy ain't shit. And I was like, whoa, hey, this guy's a god. Yeah. And, and he went into his record collection. He came back. Black Sabbath paranoid. He goes, oh. this is fucking awesome. Right. Oh. This is what Ozzy comes from. Like, I didn't know. Oh. And I go, what? What do you mean? He goes, God damn it. Yeah. So he was the singer of Black Sabbath, which sucks now. Right. But this is all. Listen to this. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. That's, that's so he al- broke you off the original. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. That's also what's weird about getting older. I remember thinking, like, okay, here's Ozzy. He's big now. Mm-hmm. But he, in, in 1983. He was a three, yeah. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he used to be in this other band in 19... 19- way <laughs> back. Yeah, right. In 1970. Yeah. That's right. Right. Through like Conquered 70... the world. Right. Through 78. Yeah. But like that ain't that long ago. No, it's <laughs> not. I mean, it's not. Ago. 13 years ain't shit. But it's also the... the but when you're a kid, it's your whole life and you're like, wow. Yeah. Wow. When I was a baby, <laughs> he was... I mean, people's parents sent their kids away to rehab or, or, or psychotic treatment... Because they listened to Ozzy. Like, yeah. Ozzy was a demon. Like, people were so afraid they of him. They took him to oh, court. Yeah. Mormons stuff. were sending their kids to Boy Scout camp so that they wouldn't... Because they caught them with the, with the tape, you know? Like, yeah. He was... And now it's like it's just a big campy joke. It's kind of like how Snoop Dogg was this gangster, and now it's like Frank Sinatra, yeah, or something. Well, the or, funny or thing, a yeah. Muppet or something. <laughs> the funny thing about Ozzy, and they're like, "Oh, he's satanic and all this." I mean, his first album has a song called "Fucking Mother Earth." Right. It's all about right. saving the planet. Yeah. And he's even, we're hurting Mother Earth. What really sucks is Black Sabbath even has like Christian songs. Very, <laughs> very, right. very pro God oh, songs. Right. It's hilarious. The evolution, man. And the and the satanic the satanic songs are kind of like, oh no, I'm fucked. Satan's got a hold of me. Sure, mm-hmm. it's never like yeah, praise Satan. Satan. Yeah, right. It's like everybody else read all that into it, and they're like, what the fuck are these people talking about? Right. <laughs> They're like, yeah, actually, I go to church with my mom every Sunday. They're wearing crosses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like somebody put an upside-down cross on one of their albums. Yeah. And then they get the album. They're like, oh, fuck. What? Well, all right, whatever. <laughs> yeah. They're like, why? I don't know why you did that. We got, we got a tour to do. Don't yeah. Worry. Yeah. Yeah, it's so funny. It's like, hilarious. But at least music's always been that place where people can explore the dark side and, and do shit. You because, know? you know, I Bakersfield, like in the 80s, all that anti-abortion, satanic, backward masking shit. Like those people were at every fucking concert protesting, uh, you're going to go to hell. And I'd be like, yeah, fine. <laughs> fine. You won't be there. We're in Bakersfield. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm we're halfway already there, bro. In hell, yeah. yeah, you already can't, can't get worse. Yeah. Plus, Bakersfield seems like the headquarters for a lot of like hardcore and, and old oh, metal. Yeah. Like, so maybe the parents really, you know, if they just would have let their kids embrace it, maybe they wouldn't be we as big a fan as well, they are. Yeah, exactly. That's something people always forget. This is human psychology. If I'm like, no, you can't have this, then oh, you I'm want it, get it so bad. I, had, but I was totally like, unrestricted. But, but what your dad did was awesome. He's yeah, like, see, yeah. shit. This right. is the real Check shit. Check this. Yeah, take yeah. this. Take this better version. Because yeah. for my dad, it's just fucking music. I he could a, care less what I listen to. I heard a funny, uh, sort of similar thing. I was at Amoeba, and mm-hmm. I'm up there in the DVD section looking for an old movie, and um, I see a guy with this kid. Looks like a father and son. I don't, I don't know if they were, but. Um, 
the kids looking through, and he and I just hear him from the side go, "What's Rambo?" Right? <laughs> he goes, who's, "Who's Rambo?" And then and and I'm like, "Oh, that's funny." The dad literally turns to him and he goes, "You you never heard of Rambo?" <laughs> Like totally patronize the jackass. Kid. And I'm like, hey, dickhead, the guy, the yeah, the kid. You are know you surprised it. that the kids never? You're supposed to be like, oh yeah, you never heard of it. Rambo's great, and explain right. it. But he's like, instead, he makes fun of him. <laughs> Good, yeah. kid, where you been living under a rock? <laughs> right. Like, well, it used to it used to be that like you knew everything your kids saw right. because they watched it at home. Yeah, but now true. everyone's got their computers and stuff. Yeah, you you just watch it in the room. Know. But I've seen a lot of parents acting like peers to their kids, especially at shopping malls like at the Irvine Improv. <laughs> I saw, yeah. like, I see guys walking around with like their six-year-old sons and the six-year-old will be like, can we go to the movies? And the dad will go, we just went to the movies. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Like talk about talking to your kid on your le- on their level. Oh my god! Like he's whining like the kid. I'm like, oh fuck that family. Yeah, oh yeah, god. yeah. They're it's, fucked. It is so funny. Go to the Irvine Spectrum and just go like, oh man, this is not good. This yeah, is culture. I live down there now. Yeah, where are you living? Newport. Oh, you're in Newport. Yeah. Oh long, man, night. he's on the uh, Brigham Avery circuit. Yeah, night yeah. and fucking day yeah. from Santa Clarita to Newport. It's Jeez. nice down there, though. Oh fuck yeah, it's nice. It's, nice. it's crazy. People are courteous. Yeah. In a good mood. Mm-hmm. It's insane. I never liked that people from Orange County would sort of separate themselves, even though it is separate. But I'm always like, well, you're from Southern California. You're from the greater Los Angeles area. Mm-hmm. Unless right. you're way south Orange County and you want to say you're from North San Diego. Yeah. But I just feel like Orange County is this perfect in-between spot where I'm like, dude, you're from L.A. Yeah, it's just a suburb yeah, it's of a suburb. Uh, the L.A. shit. You know? And now you, you passed through there as a kid. Did it used to be just nothing there or what? No, uh, well, like Valencia was nothing, and then L.A. was insane, and then uh, and then you'd go to Orange County, which was doable. It was all Disneyland. That was all they had, right? Yeah, but then, yeah. you know, like you got to think, it's like an older suburbia of L.A., so like social distortion comes from there, bad religion, no effects, all that Tons stuff. Tons of skateboarding okay. and punk rock. Big Tons time. Of that, that shit, they kept that shit alive. Yeah. yeah, except for there was a period there, was it the late 90s, early 2000s, where all the music out of Orange County, I really didn't like. It was more commercialized. Was um, it Lincoln Punk Park? rock. Was it? I can't yeah, stand that's, Lincoln that's, Park. I can't. That's my yeah. kryptonite. Aren't they from Orange County? They might be. I, yeah, I see them in the audience at the Irvine Orange? Improv, and it doesn't help that they don't laugh at my jokes. <laughs> so it's like, I hate you, you hate me. This is it. I, I'm not a fan, and I'm not a no. fan of that type of that sound. The people then copied it. I don't know where they even came from, but it was so white. Yeah, you know what I mean. It was oh, just so yeah. cheese. It was white rapping, and Generic. it was it was fake white rage. Yeah, yeah, fake white, fake rage. white, white rage. rage. If you feelings. have Orange County white rage, you're a fucking. You might as well just drown yourself. Seriously. You're Lincoln yeah. Park. Yeah, you're Lincoln. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Yeah. It doesn't matter how loud Jay Z raps over it. Lincoln right. Park fucking it's still sucks. weak. Yeah. yeah, I don't really like. No, that I was sound. never a fan of that shit. No, I don't. I don't think it was because of our age too. We were always sort. Of, we were always into music if it was good. I'm still into music. Oh, I used to work with these. Yeah. I used to work with these kids, um, just putting labels on videotapes, which is, it sounds like a job from like. <laughs> The 1800s. Yeah, now. no, I know what you're saying. And they would they would blast Lincoln Park, and I would just lose my fucking yeah. mind. Oh, and they'd ask me sure. why I didn't like it. I'm just like, just because it's fucking horrible. It's like horrible. I couldn't I couldn't put it into words. I'm like, it just sounds like garbage. Well, if it, you it, listen it made, to the lyrics too, it's like, wham, my feelings are hurt. Yeah, it's so bad. 
I'd yeah, rather like, listen to Celine Dion, to be honest. Me too. In the early, you know, like, uh, what, 89, 90, that was the whole punk is dead, yeah, right? But right. then Jane's Addiction comes out, yeah. and that stuff starts to creep into the circuit again. And I, back then, I was hanging out with uh, what would later be Korn, right. but we'd moved down here to L.A., and they were on Triple X Records, which started... You know, put out Social Distortion's first record, Jane's first record. Mm-hmm. So we would hang out with that guy that ran that company. Wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would just meet these people that I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, I met the guy who did a lot of the uh, uh, album covers for Dead Kennedys. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so for me, I was like, oh, That's shit. Cool, this yeah. is one of those side characters that he's just a photographer. But you've seen a ton of his stuff. Well, you've we went to his, his apartment and, in downtown yeah. L.A., and there's the shit you saw on Dead Kennedy's records mm-hmm. were actually just part of the fucking his living room display. <laughs> but this dude was out there. Like when you walked into his, he had like a loft in like some old, uh, uh, probably was offices at one point, but now it's all business lofts downtown. Yeah, and right. you could like just fucking awesome view of LA. But you walk in that front door and there was a, he had sand and rocks. It was a desert scene. Yeah, um, right when you walk in, and there's like an old stuffed coyote curled up. He's like, sleeping. Take, he's like, take your shoes off, please. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> what is that for the photo shoot? Like, so do a little desert. No, that was just his just decor. Like there's like a that? couch. You could like you're sitting in a, in a desert. Man, he was feng shui before that shit was even <laughs> exactly. in. Exactly, and his TV was a shattered out. You know, broken screen with a pile of fake dog shit in it, and I'm like, Sorry. okay, this guy's other level. Yeah, <laughs> baby dolls all over with missing right. arms. Oh, I hate that. Oh That's no, creepy. the whole place with his bathroom had a million things to look at. You know what? Downtown loft situations that I've every single one of them I've been to, it's a, that's the vibe. It's a trip. Yeah, it's they're all artists. They do have nice ones. I bet you. I bet you in the 80s or the 90s when you were there, I bet you cost like. $85 probably, to live there. Yeah, yeah, he probably paid like 400 bucks to live in this but you awesome know, spot. you know it was his fake house that he took people to to be like... Because <laughs> he had another you know, this is, I'm an artist. This is how I'm living. <laughs> this is my art Meanwhile, house. he had a house in Woodland Hills. <laughs> it might have just been his studio <laughs> with a bed in it. Yeah, yeah. It, it literally could have been. Yeah, he commutes from I just know Newport. he did not like them. Who? Like, he did not like uh, corn? my buddies. Yeah. <laughs> the then they were called LAPD. And we were like 19. Yeah. So we're dumb fucking kids. Sure. And, you know, he's hanging out with Dead Kennedys and all those other punk rock who are, like, political, political and all that shit. And these guys are like, fuck, we're just fucking rocking We're out, heavy bro, metal. Hoping yeah. to get laid, you know? And yeah. so you could tell he every time we'd say something, he'd just be like, ugh. Yeah. Like, just give me the money. I'll take these photos and get the fuck out of really? my apartment. That's the vibe. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least Corn just kept it real, and they were just always hardcore. They sure. Their, their sound like that. And I, I, I would prefer that over a band that's trying to be deep and isn't. Yeah, I know. Yes. You know, a band that's trying to be, like, introspective, but it's really lame. It's just not. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of... We're not taking down Dead Kennedys here, but at the same time, they had songs like Stealing People's Mail. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> they, they covered Viva Las Vegas. 
Yeah, oh, yeah, like, yeah. Like, like, they always said they were political, but as a kid, I never heard it. I, I, think, I, I didn't hear that I think, political in yeah. I think in the name Dead Kennedys, it made people label them that, but I never heard yeah. it in their music. Jello was, was uh, political. Right. Yeah. The rest of them were typical, I'm just smoking some weed right. and uh, playing I play music. my guitar fast. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Jello was the one that had an agenda. I wonder who the most political one of like Rage Against the Machine was. Was it the Tom singer. Morello or was it It's got to be Zach. I think the well, rest of them. he wrote the lyrics. Tom, no, Tom, Morello's Tom Morello's pretty political. Yeah, yeah he, he is. He's but, out there acting. But he doesn't. Right. He, but he doesn't need to be political. Do you know what I mean? Like he does music sometimes that's not political. No, nothing Whereas, that he did on uh, that last project. Couple projects he did. There's Audio Slave. Yeah, Audio He's Slave. got right. a solo career. Right. They say I, I heard through the grapevine somewhere that like Zach is just like off holding it, holding it all back. Oh, like he's Morel- the one, He's the reason. Yeah, like he just doesn't want to go on tour. No, it's true. They're the biggest blunder yeah. to me in in message music, political music, you know, because they were so popular. They just they they were just meteoric, right? They just all of a sudden came on the scene mm-hmm. and every, it blew everybody's minds and yeah. they're on La Palooza and everybody finally saw them live and was like, Jesus Christ, these guys are They were really good. And for a small band, you know, what is there three or four guys in, yeah. the, in the band? I think only three, right? Three. Four. Four? Is it four? But yeah. Morello did so many things on the guitar that nobody had ever seen before, making crazy sounds. Mm-hmm. And being able to do it live, too, with like, I don't know if he had delays. I don't know what the hell kind he of had setup a bunch he of patterns, had. Yeah. Right? But um, then they, they fall apart and break up right before the most political decade in the history of fucking America. Sure. You're absolutely right. When they, were, when they had all those political music, it was 90, everything was A-OK. It was Clinton yeah, years, Things weren't right? that big. Everything, yeah, like, as, far as, like, as far as I knew, and maybe it was just because I was young. Right. I think it was the whole country, though. It was just kind of like, yeah, things are pretty chill. Right. Things are yeah. kind of good. I don't they, know what these guys are so upset about. Yeah, but I still bought into it, even though, like, right, of course. even though the only reason I had money is because my dad worked for the Navy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So I'm basically, and I'm buying a Rage Against the Machine t shirt with money I made being a lifeguard on a Navy base. <laughs> <laughs> Rage against the machine, bro. But I did not see the connection yeah, at the, all. That's how I was, too, growing up around D.C., too. Yeah. It was like my parents did business with you know uh, government contracts or whatever mm-hmm. it was. A lot of my friends' parents worked for the government. But so when they did songs about the CIA and this and that, even though in the 90s things were good, we knew that – I mean, I, being Arab, I always knew that America's involvement in you know the Middle East was crooked and a lot of other countries, yeah. South America. I always knew we were crooked, but – but I just didn't know if the, how deep the corruption went, and then those guys sort of give you this sort of, uh, you know, inspire oh, you to happening. go like, yeah, it's on, man. This yeah. shit is crazy. And then, and then nine eleven happens, and they're nowhere to be found. They're done. Yeah. They put out a cover album, and then they were done. Yeah. Well, I heard. Yeah, bad. I heard Tom which Morello was great by talking about was that, it? and he was saying like, oh yeah, he saw back when we were doing our thing, and he goes, yeah, we were pissed, and we were. We right. were raging against the machine, he, and then he just laughs. He goes, "So that was the fucking Clinton era." Yeah, <laughs> he goes, "Which paled in comparison." To the I met him. Uh, I met him once. I didn't recognize him, and um, uh, guy introduced. Oh, it was my friend Tom. He's a guitar player. I'm like, right. "Oh, really? You guys in a band? You in a band? <laughs> you in a band? Here? That's so funny." And he's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "What's the name guitar. of your band?" He's like, "Um, Rage Against the Machine." And I was oh. like, "Oh shit!" And he was wearing a hat and everything. I'm like, "Oh!" And I started. Then I started going, "Man, I'm a fucking huge fan." Yeah. And I actually knew some stuff about him from like you know Guitar Player Magazine or some right, article right. I read, and um, seen him live a couple of times. And then I said, I asked him, I was like, "Is it hard to come up with 
new ideas for songs and stuff? Do you always feel the pressure like it has to be political or have a message? You know, do you run out of, out of stuff? He goes, no, there's so much stuff politically you can do. He goes, it seems like it'd be easier to run out of ideas to sing songs about love. Right. It's like, how do people continue to write songs about right. sure. that? There's like three different stages in a relationship. <laughs> sure. You know, like every, every, most musicians are writing songs, especially solo, you know, female singers. It's always about a, love a or relationship. Or- yeah. We got to break up, or I really want to get together. Shit gets old, man. <laughs> yes, there's like eight different combos right. on that. On Especially that. when we're countries at war. I just had a tough time listening to music that was at the club and about a relationship. I'm like, fuck off. I'm happy. Well, that's all right because I think we're beyond. Right. We're 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 in that spot now where maybe the the country sort of just needs normal happy music. Absolutely. But there, I don't think that during the most political decade that we'll ever see in our lifetime in this country passed with, without more sort of music that was a little more outspoken. I'm a little disappointed, I think, we, had, we got, like, nothing. No, it wasn't like the 60s. Political? I think the BC Boys put out one song. They no. did. After 9-11, they did the Five Burrows, right? They did, but they sure. put out one song, and, I, and I'm a huge BC Boys fan, but I don't think it was that good. No. They used, like, their wackest beat to do an anti Everybody song. rushed to put out a song after 9-11. Springsteen had, you know, had a good decade. Post nine eleven, what did he? Oh, well, a resurgence. Yeah, he, he just came back and did his shit again. He put right? out the Rising, which was actually a really good album, and then his next one was pretty good. And then all of a sudden, he's just never stopped. I mean, he's prolific anyway. But like, you know, he's socially conscious. And then you think maybe you two. I don't know. It's just you compare it to the sixties, and you yeah. know, all the music from sixty something to seventy four was all like political. Well, driven. yeah. Well, you know, when I like talk to my dad about like the 60s, he's like, well, yeah, we went from lollipop, lollipop, <laughs> lolly to fuck, kick out the jams, right. motherfucker. And you're like, oh. Yeah, it was a big People departure. People like, holy yeah. shit, yes. That's true. You know, yeah. and everybody's doing fucking drugs and long hair and like, yeah, shit it's went not electric. cookie cutter. It seemed, it seemed yeah. like it happened in like a year. Yeah, yeah, it pretty much did. And I think it was like, here's some weed. Have you tried acid? Try acid. Right. <laughs> yeah, everything's different now, huh? Because even Motown stuff, pre-64 civil rights stuff, was, was pretty you know benign. But then in the later 60s, the Motown had message. Marvin Gaye tried to have this big message song, and, and, and it became like an anthem and all that. But it's like, what was the anthem of the post-9-11? There, was, there wasn't anything that I can what, think of. What would you say, like... When we have kids that go, oh, what kind of music was going on back in 2001 after 9-11? And what would be the anthem? What was it? You know, for me, it was the 90s were the shit. Um, you know, I mean, fucking St. Cobain, once he fucking blew his head off, it like yeah. destroyed it music for a music. long time. It was like when time. Tyson went to jail, ruined boxing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's literally, I don't think we've had a musical messiah since. Yeah. And they don't come. They come every you know. It was like you know, Radiohead. 10, Fifteen years. Radiohead had a good a good thing going, but it was never on. it was never the cultural phenomenon that Nirvana was. No, no, no and it'll be a that long was time before overwhelming. Else and that was, was a fun time too because I know you did, and I think you probably did all listen to like all that post punk rock, yeah. rock, yeah. And it was like our music, and all of a sudden, right. everyone was into it, which kind of right. ruined it. Kinda but it was exciting it. at first, sure. That everyone was like, oh yeah, this is awesome. 
Oh, I, I was in fucking Soldotna, Alaska, dead inside. And I, I saw that. <laughs> Cold s- outside. Smells like teen spirit. And I go, oh, fuck, it's <laughs> happening now. And they go, what's happening? I go, music is happening again, right now. And there was a lot. And the two people I'm with, they listen to country music, these two right. girls. And they're like, well, I don't understand. What do you mean? I go, I know you don't understand what I mean. I go, but this is going to change fucking it's everything. Change everything. And it did change the style. Everybody's wearing flannel. Speaking of country music, during 9-11, they had country as, as a genre had more political message songs, even though they were misguided. They were the, and wrap they were, myself in this flag. Yeah. <laughs> P-O-W-3. Yeah. Like, there's that song about the guy almost cutting off a car, and then he sees the bumper sticker that says he's a P-O-W, and then the whole song turns into this fucking right. ball-licking fucking right. love the troops love thing. America. It's like, if you love the troops so much, why, why don't you fucking support a government that fucking doesn't put them in a war? Seriously. You know? And, and we'll give <laughs> them health care when they get back. Fucking A, right? Uh, it pisses you off, but then uh, the Alan Jackson, who was like, you know, I'm not the most political guy. I don't watch CNN. I don't know the difference between Iraq and Iran. And, and his lyrics were blatantly like, hey, look, man, I'm not the brightest guy. I don't really pay attention, but I know about Jesus and love yes. and forgiveness. And it was like, all right, at least it was honest. It was totally ignorant, you know, <laughs> openly, right. ignorant. openly ignorant, actively ignorant. Um, you know, before you write a song like that, maybe you just Google it and take a look at a map, and then you kind of, edu- you know, right. maybe maybe educate yourself before you just go out there and go, hey, I don't know. Right. It's like, do you not have the internet? Yeah, you, but probably. his fan base, they're like, fuck yeah, I That's ain't smart either, man. They, and you know what? And Nobody wants to feel stupid. He Brian does has- know the difference between Iraq and Iran. He's just saying that to appeal to his audience. Fucking I he promise might be. you that. And I bet you Toby Keith, who wrote all that, like, you know, we'll put a boot in their ass and all that. I bet you he's not as dumb as his music. No, no way. You know, it's kind of like Tripoli's probably smarter than half his act. You know what I mean? Like you got to play to the audience. You know, believe in yourself. In stores now. Yeah, yeah, because you'll never hear me do political jokes, and I'm right. way up on You're the all political into conspiracies stuff. and all, way into conspiracies. You have all these interests in everything, but in I don't world. talk about it on stage. That it's hard often. for it's hard to figure out how to translate it. Yeah, yeah, and, and then also sometimes I could turn into a fit of rage. Like, yeah. you don't fucking understand. Right. So. UFOs are real. <laughs> here's the question. Why is there no political song for the last decade? Is it because people are that much more into being successful? Or is it because they're scared of the government? Well, I think they're scared of not making money, to be honest with I you. I think it's, it's become more of a, of a business sense. It was it, Less artist, more how do I make money off of it. And B, Vietnam was like a, a, an unjust war that we started. 9-11 was they picked a fight with us and we knew we were going to go to war and we didn't realize how corrupt it was until three to four to five, six years in when we were like, wait a second. Some people were slow on that. Yeah. So it wasn't on its face obvious that we shouldn't be in Iraq. Right. Afghan- Afghanistan, nobody was going to protest. Did uh, Being a conspiracy freak. As soon as 9-11 happened, I looked at my wife. I go, we're going to war with Iraq. Yeah. <laughs> Even though they were already talking to yeah. Afghanistan, she says, no, this is all Afghanistan. I go, we will be in a war with Iraq. Yeah. Why did you say that? Because I Bush just knew. Those guys, I knew the game. I know yeah, how well, it was blatant. It was I know how the propaganda works. Bush and those guys had a hard-on for that area. Yes. And then when they started trumping oil. up the – Yeah, and oil. Once they started trumping up weapons of mass destruction, I was like, they don't have no fucking weapons. <laughs> right. I knew they didn't. Right. The, the, remember, remember when he went to the UN and the UN was like, nah, dude. There's no weapons. You can't go to war. And he was like, yeah. Yeah. And he still, and then they just went anyways. Yeah. And that's what I say they. 
But that's yeah. when the music started. Well, it is to a day. They didn't go to war in Iraq till '03. Afghanistan was before that. Political music didn't really start to happen maybe until later '03, and nobody knew where to stand on it. Right. It was kind of a ballsy thing to go like, because if somebody said I'm against war altogether, I'd be like, all right, sit down. All right, <laughs> yeah, some wars are necessary. You know, we just got attacked. All right, what did you think was going to happen? Sure, we're right. just going to build the fucking scrap metal, put a roller coaster there, and just go. <laughs> go well, we're moving on. We're going to move. Not on. nice guys. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, America doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that, and you look weak if you don't strike back. So you know, a lot of the music I listen to is very political, or at least the message is in there. But you've just never fucking heard of those bands. I mean, like No Means No, they fucking have tons of songs about them. Nobody's heard of No Means No. No, I haven't. Me and maybe seven other people go fuck yeah. There's two <laughs> listeners right now going yeah, Coleman. I'm listening to it right now. We didn't have a Bob Dylan. We didn't have. No. I mean, Bruce how Springsteen's about, the closest, I guess. How about this? No draft. Doesn't that, that was change sweet. everything. Uh, yes, and no draft. That it's, changed. Yes. If, if there was a draft, you better people believe. be singing the shit out of believe. "fuck this." That's I'd be protesting. Point. Oh yeah, yeah. There's yeah. so many, so many differences with that era and now. You're right. Draft. Not sure whether the war was just or not. Some people being tricked into thinking we had to do it. People not really knowing where to stand. And if you did take a stand. You were like, "What are you on the side of the terrorist?" It was yes. very, it was, it's very polarizing that that time. People were more likely to just stay quiet about it. I, uh, you know, like ninety, what ninety one, ninety with the first Iraq War, ninety two. Was it ninety two? Yeah. I, you know, I was that age where they were talking about a draft, and I'm, I was, I was fucking scared. I was lifeguarding in a pool, and this fucking <laughs> asshole was like, "Man, they're probably gonna reinstate the draft." And I like, was like, sweating bullets. That, yeah. yeah, I'm like, I'm a lifeguard, dude. <laughs> right? I'm a skateboarding lifeguard. That was my thing, dude. I'm like I trying to get some that. pussy, dude. That's was all it, I'm doing. It was 91, 92, whatever year, because I was I graduated in 92, and I can't remember if it was my senior year or not. But I do remember thinking, like, oh, if they ever started a draft, I'm going to Canada, or I'm going to Mexico. Or, yeah. like, there's no effing way I would be forced to be in the military because... There's just, I'm not that dude. We were raised by hippie 60s parents. Yeah, exactly. Right? We knew better. I would have yeah. been going... <laughs> yeah, I would have. I would have not figured out a way out. I was like, "God damn it! Like, what am I supposed to?" Do? Fuck. She's from Alaska. Can you I bring my Walkman? All I have to say is Montreal is amazing. You know what I mean? True. Montreal over yeah. war. Sure. Montreal See, every time. Yeah. Canada probably at that time that probably would have been like, no, been we're gonna fucking ease up on that. You guys need to just stay in America. <laughs> well, especially if Canada, you know. Was on board with like we're going wars. too. Yeah, yeah. They're like we are also going. So, but so, you guys, okay. guys there would have been a lot of cases if that if the draft was happening for like conscientious conscientious objectors. Yeah, and I I I remember I got uh, I I was forced to because you know when you turn eighteen you got to sign up for the draft. Oh yeah, fuck. You know, and I just blew I it did off. It too. And those guys right. would call. They go, "Hey, hey, happy birthday! Uh, <laughs> yeah, you haven't signed up for the draft." And I'm like, "Oh, like." So, wow, someone's really keeping the Somebody track of this. They, they used to have rap song advertisements. Like, it's the law, it's the law. You yes. got to sign up for the draft. It's the law. <laughs> right. No way. I blew it off. <laughs> I remember I signed up and then, like some guy called me up. And he's like, maybe you want to come down here and meet and talk about it. And I didn't know Recruiter. how to say no to anyone. Any adult oh, when I was 18, dude. and I go... I go, yeah, I'll come down and meet you. And I told my parents, my mom's like, You're not going down. The fuck down are you talking there? about? You're not even going down there. You already said yes to this. They'll make God you sign up. God knows what you said yes, yes to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this they'll, is how they'll this talk is, you into this it. This is how I definitely wasn't ready for the military. My mom called up. I was like, Yeah, my son's not coming in. She, that's 
so great. And That's they're like, hilarious. well, this qualifies as uh, him not being qualified to be in the fucking military. How great would it be to be like in the same bunk with Fultron in the, in the, in the army? <laughs> right. And he'd be like, he'd be like, dude, you have to like do this. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I'll just do that then. Yeah. Like, you just do whatever they or tell like, you to do. Like, how'd you get here? I was like, I, I signed the wrong fucking thing. I thought I was sticking the SATs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he seriously would have been in an episode of fucking now Stripes. You now know? I'm, yeah, now I'm in Desert Storm. Yeah. No, I could get pressured into anything back then. That's so funny. I could anything. Too. Yeah. Anything that an adult said. And my, my area uh, that I grew up in was very much like we all. Uh, we're part of the Navy base in a way. My dad right. was an independent contractor, yeah. but th- that was like our authority. And I even right. worked as an independent contractor for the base. Yeah, there was like and a so I trusted there. those fighters. Yeah. You trust them. Yeah, I, I, I didn't trust um, but, a war. I, I always thought there was no such thing as a, sort of a just war, even in high school. But now that I'm older, I can sort of go like, Hey man, if that's if we if it was a really just war, then hey, you got to do sure. what you got to do, yeah. and like, and right. your more mature side goes, hey, you know, you got to if it, you know, maybe I would be more likely to go now than I would have when I was eighteen, nineteen, sure. when all I wanted to do like, was to those hang people around. need help. Yeah, like right. if it was right. ju- if it was right. a World War Two, if it was a you know, well, you I was join the say, effort. But that's the example everybody gives. It's like, well, the Nazis, yeah. Yeah, that was a okay. Right. These guys are out of control. Right, none of it's like that anymore. No, and every vet that I've talked to has come back from those wars and been really cynical about it. Like, really felt, you know, like that was bullshit. Sure, like, all right. the Iraqi ones, and then I have an uncle and a cousin that have been over there. One, of, my uncle was a reservist, but he spoke Arabic, so he had to go over there and be an interpreter during interrogations. Oh, Oof. and he, he won't talk about it. He so won't even he, uh, joke around about it. He has he an easy time. Tough. He'll literally just go, I don't like to talk about it. And he'll just change the subject and be right. light about it. But have I mentioned I, I haven't slept in three months? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was dark. It was I don't talk about that. I don't know what he's sworn to secrecy about or anything like that, but he's, he could talk in general about it. Right. And he won't. He's just like, well, the things that he basically is like the things I saw there. Yeah. wasn't right. It's not pretty. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't right. So, that's the thing about living in this country now. If everybody doesn't realize how sort of like double-sided, double-standard, hypocritical people you know, don't people don't trust the government as much as they used to. You can't go to Cairo and you can't go to all these other countries that have had revolutions and say you guys need to have a democracy when we're such a horrible example. Uh, like we're still good in a lot of ways in sure. the sense that like hey, we still live in a society where we do have freedom of speech and we do have uh, freedom of the press and you can express your. Your 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 outrage, your opinions, and we're multiracial. We we still are America. We still yeah, are based yeah, on yeah. a great idea. It's just that we're not a good example for other countries to follow because of the way we we fuck sure. everything up. Sure, we got greedy. Yeah, we got we greedy. Got, we used to be great, and now we're greedy. That's yeah. right. We need to be more like Canada. We need to just like just chill out. Chill out. Fuck. Quit being so ignorant. Um. So no no political song, but yeah. something different in our era that they didn't have in the 60s is every news program is biased. Right. So that's where all the protests are coming mm. from. Right. That's where all the opinions are coming from. And it's just not as sweet on the ears. Yeah. It's just people screaming. No. Right. But maybe people feel like they're sort of represented in certain press outlets where they're like, okay, well, I don't have to say it because somebody else is doing it. <laughs> you know, right. And there's social media and everybody feels like, well, that voice is being heard and there's a lot of different voices out there and it's just a mess. Yeah, um, dude. I bet you can look up about 800 conspiracy podcasts, too. Yeah. There's not that many good ones. There's not. So you listen to some. 
Oh, I listen to every good one that's out there. Yeah, well, why don't yeah. you do? Why don't you do some uh, some episodes of some conspiracy talk? Yeah, conspiracy with Craig Coleman, yeah. the CCC. Oh, yeah, that would be weird. <laughs> because I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why conspiracy. We got the equipment. Yeah, do it. I'll tell you why conspiracy. You'll talk. never fly again, but we got the equipment. <laughs> <laughs> tell me if I'm wrong, since you're a conspiracy buff. Yes. Um, the problem with it is that there's. It always comes down to two things. Um. Government, you know, agenda, Illuminati, sure, or aliens. It always comes down to that. Right. So you, there's how much can you really talk about when it always goes back to the same conspiracy? Right. I mean, the bottom line is always like, you know, people like there's no such thing as conspiracy theories, and really it breaks down. Or the Illuminati. Oh come on, there's no like small group of people controlling the world. What's the Illuminati? And the, <laughs> what is yeah. this Illuminati? What are you what talking you know about? about? This and it really breaks it down to okay. Let me put it to you this way. If there's five fucking multi-billionaire dudes, right, that own a lot of shit, are those guys getting in a room together go, hey, you know what? We really need to spread some of this money out that we got. (laughs) We need to fix the schools. We need to really figure out a way to give back to society. No, 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 that's not happening. They're they're, like, how do we fucking control these other 20 countries that are just willy-nilly doing their own shit, taking care of their people? No, they get in there and figure out ways to break that down. And that's what the CIA was originally started for, was for the corporations and the millionaire billionaires like the Vanderbilts and yeah. the fucking Rockefellers right. you know it's a when they say the 1% it really is a small group it's of people like holding on 1%. to all the fucking money yeah but they sometimes in their minds they're like hey all of us billionaires got together and decided we need to do something about something yeah. and then they create this project that they think is good for society, and they also will make a profit on it, and the government is, is in on it. And it's like, you know, sometimes it's a conspiracy, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's out it's in the open. True. Like, there was wealthy people who bailed out the government. Um, uh, who was the president? Um, when the government was going under... Uh, what the fuck president was it? I was just watching a show oh, about it. Back in the 30s? No, it was in, like, the Industrial Revolution. It was, like, the, the Vanderbilts or the, the Rockefeller railroad. Rockefeller did some of that. Whatever. I'm going to build this. Even He built Radio City Music Hall. Yeah, well, they gave the government enough money to pay off the government sure. yeah, debt. Like, right. the, the national debt. So, like, the billionaires were like, we can't have this country go broke. And they all chipped in. Right. And in return, it was basically a loan that the government pays back. But... So sometimes billionaires. Can, so it's not always evil. True. Yeah, and it's not. Yeah, isn't but, Warren Buffett like the only saint among sinners? You would well, say, yeah, Gates, Warren Bill Buffett. Gates. You could say uh, Bill Gates. Bill Gates, and they rail against yeah. that fucking guy. You in could the say news. George Soros. Yeah. Oh, rail <laughs> you know, he's a liberal. against him and his liberal agenda. <laughs> right. <laughs> Feeding people who need yeah. food. Yeah, and then yeah. you get people like the Koch brothers who are like, oh, we're going to fucking, we're going to buy this goddamn election mm-hmm. and we're going to be able to put whatever the fuck we want into rivers. And people don't see it. And yeah. they're two spoiled rich kids whose daddy died. Right. They just took his fucking money and now fucking, we're going to own this fucking country. Right. But the problem is those billionaires sometimes are too cynical. Like, you, you know, you look at it like Donald Sterling or somebody like that. Right. Now, there was a lot of people who, when he came out and said all that stupid shit, um, was kind of like, well, I've, I've met people like that. 
Yeah, like it's not such a big surprise. <laughs> I'm not shocked. An old, old fucking billionaire old guy. Right? Yeah. guy is like basically like racist against everybody sure. except for his own group. I was not fucking surprised. And, and yeah, he's and it's always funny that I he's Jewish and the, and Jews are a minority, but he doesn't view himself as a minority, and he talks about minorities as these others. I help minorities all the time. It's like you're a Jew, you're, <laughs> right. you are a minority, <laughs> right. you dipshit. You know, like right. don't you 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 always rail that people don't like the Jews and everybody hates the Jews. But then he goes and, and he's racist. Anyway, I know tons of people like that. Everybody does. Everybody who's 85 years old, you know, yes. one out of five is going to be like that. <laughs> Absolutely. And if you're not, not once you start going senile, you start getting racist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you let yeah, it out. Yeah, you yeah, let yeah. it out. That's what happened to my grandmother. <laughs> yeah. Like, you never <laughs> heard a hateful thing until she started losing it. <laughs> she's at an age. She's like, I, I don't like give those shit. people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, you know, all the things that were acceptable 60 years ago to say. I don't care for their I've food. Been bo- <laughs> they've been bottled up. <laughs> I don't yeah. care for their food. These Koreans. That, that's what it was. These Koreans. These Koreans. Yeah. Oh, shit. Ruining the neighborhood with their faces. Yeah. <laughs> some other, some other uh, uh, I think he was a team owner. I wish I remembered his name. He said something that I thought was pretty fucking funny. He goes, oh, we're all fucking bigots. Yeah, Just Mark after, Cuban. Yeah. And he said, if I'm walking down the street and I see a black kid in a hoodie, I'll I'm going to cross the street. The street. <laughs> and then if there's a dude with tattoos on his face, bald head, white guy. piercings all over, white guy, I'm, cro- I'm crossing back <laughs> over to the other to side the other of the side. street. So he was saying there's different levels of prejudice and <laughs> sure. everybody's guilty of it. And he should have used a different example other than a black kid in a hoodie because yes, that, right. that's uh, Trayvon Martin and all that. Right. He should have used a better example, but but he was just trying to make the point that like everybody has racial stereotypes and everybody has certain prejudices. Yes, and that you need to fight through. Like I, I like the point he made that there's a lot of white people that are really fucking scary. Yeah. Oh, dude. For speaking sure. of, for sure. Yeah, like this uh, this fucking crew we had on this. At yeah. the hospital shooting, yeah. uh, you know, all the different crews that come in, the movie crews, it's always a different group of people. And I call them all pirates, like the electrical and grip guys. Yeah. Because, I mean, they, they come, there's like, they were like nine, ten deep. Mm-hmm. And they're just, it's all cables and changing lights, but they are the crew that comes in and just, boom, just right. get the fuck out of my way and start doing shit. This crew on this show, I was like, holy shit. There's always a, they're all punk rockers, first of all, in the industry. Most of them are old LA punk rockers. And this crew was all, I go, oh, the fucking Aryan Brotherhood punk rock prison gang? Yeah, they're here today, guys. So look out. Is that legit or is that just what they look like? That was my vibe. I mean, we're talking certain kind of tattoos that they had. I go, all right, so this is beyond, I listened to Social Distortion when I was 13. Yeah, it's beyond that. It's more like I did some time. Oh, most of these guys (laughs) were jail tats. It's more like I have to work in a kitchen or a sort of a grip or some sort of thing like that. Otherwise, because you can't get, because they have records. Yeah, yeah, a couple guys. I'm telling, hey, you know, right. be careful with that and put it back when you're done. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, this guy's like, yeah, I killed a guy like last right. year for the first time. I shivved him with a sharpened toothbrush. <laughs> so what do you want me to do, little man? Yeah. <laughs> what do you want? But I think, think about our generation. If our parents are from the 60s and they remember segregation, they were alive in 64 yes. when they, and in 67 when they outlawed all kinds of segregation and interracial marriage. Then we were the first kids born in the 70s with the expectation that we wouldn't have prejudice, that we wouldn't be racist. We were the first generation yeah. in American history yeah. that was like, no, you're going to be raised differently. 
Yeah. Right. And, and so we were like the first sort of experiment and just a little bit above us, you know, right between our age group and 40 and maybe up to almost 50. It's like, right. That's the group. So, but still to this day, like, so we don't have the same thing with black people, right? We, we don't have the same prejudices because right. we grew up differently. But if I was walking down a street and the choice was like, because t- to me, like, cholos are kind of scary. Fuck sure. Yeah. You know, like, cholos are more scary than <laughs> black Aaron, people. My, Absolutely. My, my window's open. No, yeah, 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 yeah. I got to be careful. We're near Griffith Park. No, but I'm saying, I'm like, and it's like, I don't, black people aren't as threatening to me as maybe they are to that older group because I feel right. like, hey, they've struggled. They've gotten through stuff. Yeah. They, some of them are Muslim. You know what I mean? I can, I can strike a, I can figure it out with them. Yes. Whereas I feel like. Um, they're more part of the mainstream. And they're more America. part of the mainstream. And I feel like cholos, they're not. There's this like, I feel like the plight of Latins and Mexicans, it still hasn't come yet. And I think they're still fighting and they're still trying to assimilate. And become more American, and I'm like, they're still like, I'm, I'm, they're unpredictable to me. I'm like, I don't know whether they're really, really smart right. and really Americanized, or whether they're like, hey, bro, we fucking punch you in the nose. <laughs> yeah, like that's how we live. And like, <laughs> you know, my Mexican friends whose dads, they used to grow up watching their dads fight. Right. Yes, you know, right, on right, Saturdays right. you play ball and fight, and I'm like. That's okay if that's what you like to do, but if I'm walking down a street, I, I might rather be with the black people. <laughs> oh, the LA. There should always banger. be at least five or six sides of the street. Yes, there's, yeah. there's, there's yes, there should always be really <laughs> Yes, because yeah, the L.A. gangbanger is a whole Ooh, other breed. They, right, the they, fucking MS-13 L.A. on the side of your face mm-hmm. is like, oh shit! It's pretty terrifying because you know they, they, the gangs believe in a different set of rules. It's a more important set of rules to them. And jail yeah. is just part of the job description. Yes. They don't give yeah. a fuck, they don't give a fuck, about fuck. going to jail. I used yeah. to hang out with those dudes. I don't yeah. know. My, one of my friends, street named Shark. Right. Um, but he knows you're not in a gang and you can try to – No, I was funny to him. Yeah, because my thing is like, hey, if I can get you to realize like, hey, I'm just a cool guy hanging out, I always feel like I have that ability. We're comics. That's why we you – know, we were not fighters. You right. we were not a fighter. No, no, no. no I've gotten one fight. You'd make them fight. laugh, then they would yes. like you. <laughs> right. Yeah, he, because uh, like the first time I met him, like I could tell right away all his shit was like fucking gang, American me. He was right? notarized. Oh, dude, <laughs> big time. All his tattoos meant something, right? right? It's like reading a fucking a wall in Aztec, like, oh, this is uh, the crops, and but his shit was different. Yeah. So he comes up to me one day, he's like, hey, man, uh, what does your tats mean? You know, I got a fucking alien with my birth date. Right. Zero plus two equals one, you know, and he goes, what does this shit mean? I go, uh, well, this is a band. Uh, uh, my favorite album, mm-hmm. Zero Plus Two Equals One from No Means No. I'm really into aliens, and that's mm-hmm. my birthday. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, so nothing? I go, nothing. Nothing, no. Nothing. Fucking of, nothing. Yeah, nothing. I didn't want to ask, like, what does your teardrop mean? Does that mean yeah. you're sad inside? Yeah, let's just uh, go ink by ink. Like, let's just get into yeah. it. You know, let's talk about it. Yeah, he's like, you know, over time, I'm like, oh, the butterfly, you know, this is old school shit. You know, it means yeah. like one day I'll be free. This gang went out of business right here. I'm yeah, dude. Oh, my God. I got this tattoo on discount because the gang was about to go under. He would invite us over to like for Thanksgiving. He's like, hey, man, we, I'd like you to have you over to my family. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. Sounds great. So me and Karen, you've all met Karen. Yeah. Sure. Super sweet, lily white, cute, right. fucking dainty. And then me. And so he fucking put all his brothers in order like, hey, dude, these are fucking normal fucking people. Oh, he's all. There are white people, and they're a little off from mm-hmm. normal white people. Right, but there are just white people. Right, be cool, because all his brothers, dude, are like 
fucking America's Most Wanted. Oh, man. Even the women I wouldn't want to fight. You know, shaved off eyebrows and uh, just like, hey, what's up, Ricky? Uh, and I'm like, hates oh. giving. So they were sweet, though, and nice. You had a good time? Yeah, it was, there, it was tense. Beaten's giving. It was yeah. fucking tense. That's the thing. The culture of like, hey, let's all like hang out and get drunk and play some basketball and then fight. I'm right, like, whoa, right, right, whoa, right, can right. I leave whoa. before the fight part? I, just, I don't yeah. want to. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to get punched in the nose. Yeah, one wrong thing, that. and yeah, it's on like Donkey Kong. Yeah, but a couple times, dude, at my work once, you know, I worked in the, we worked at that candle shop at the warehouse, so it's all Mexicans inside. Most of them, you know, were illegals. Right. But then the upper echelon dudes were all like fucking ex game bangers from here right. so they kind of ran all those fucking guys like oh you're new to the country yeah i got you bro mm-hmm. you're just gonna do what i say mm-hmm. we had that at the video duplication place <laughs> right yeah a lot of them were ex gang bangers yeah really. they're scary and i dude. there was one guy julio i called him julio one time uh-huh. just like as a slip i say hey what's up julio like just oh, my ooh, mouth yeah, didn't work properly shit. and he was like you don't fucking call me that dude oh that was like and there was one time wrong. I was like standing behind behind him he was like do not stand behind me yeah uh, <laughs> yeah they got habits they oh got definitely habits. dude you know it was really funny I went to um, this one girl's birthday party in South Central and I was like the only white dude at the party and like her brothers kept coming up to me and asking me for a job <laughs> and it's like, where do you work, man? Because I can commute like to Hollywood. Or like, I don't. Howie? I am not yeah, the boss. What's up, man? Come on, I dude. Am, I am hilarious. not the boss. She said you're like the manager. Eh? I'm actually lower than your sister. That's so funny. So I'm at work one day, and this dude got fired because they were stealing shit. They were bringing it over to my warehouse and just kind of hiding it and then picking it up later. Mm-hmm. And so what I didn't realize was happening: the managers come over and they go, "Hey, Craig, who who brought this over here?" And I'm like, "Oh, Manuel." And they're all, "Oh, yeah." I'm like, yeah, yeah, he brought it over Oh, you here. ratted him out, man. I ratted him out Ooh. without knowing it. And they just go, oh, thank you, Craig. And so it literally became, they went in, well, Craig saw you. Yeah, you got a death wish now. Oh, so he shows up two days later, middle of the fucking day. Like I said, my warehouse was separate from the rest of the company. So I was usually the only person in there. I'm down on my knees, fucking putting some shit together. All of a sudden, hey, what's up, dude? <laughs> And I look, and first of all, this guy's like 6'5", right? right? Mm. I'm fucking 5'9". And I, oh, hey, what's up, Manuel? And uh, he's all, what you well, doing, what? dude? Yeah. And uh, he just had this look about him. I'm like, oh, I'm about to get my ass beat. <laughs> yeah, this is a confrontation. But then out of nowhere, my fucking buddy Freddie just happened to be walking by. And he comes in. He goes, hey, what are you doing here, dude? And he's all, oh, hey, Freddy. See, he was afraid of Freddy. Right, 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 right. right. And so Freddy goes, hey, let's go talk, man. Let's go outside and talk. Straighten it out. Let's go outside and not beat up Craig. Yeah. Dude, turns out dude had a fucking gun in Ooh, his no fucking way. pocket. Oh, my God. Like, he was waiting for the three or four people milling about to walk out, and he was probably just going to pop, pop my ass. See, that's the kind of mentality where you're like, you would rather, like, steal candles and like he would he he would rather kill you yeah and 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 then maybe take a few candles with him right like he's gonna kill you over basically because he wanted to steal some candles well just because he lost his job and he lost his job which was a low-paying job anyway yes which wasn't even his real job no (laughs) yeah your real job is probably stealing cars and selling drugs Yeah, but it's pride it's It's pride pride. and it's this code of like you fucked up and so now you have to be dealt with and it's like Hey, maybe you should do a cost-benefit analysis on this yeah. situation before you murder somebody. And there's probably people going, so what happened? Why'd you get fired? Oh, well, Craig told on you. He probably had like That's 10 it. guys go, 
Well, why didn't you kill him? Yeah, it was yeah. Craig. You should kill so, him, man. Yeah, so somebody Freddy put goes, him up to it, peer pressure. Because yeah, so, that guy doesn't actually have to go kill Craig. <laughs> right. He gets to stay home and watch TV. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy it, bro. Yeah. Collect some unemployment. <laughs> so Freddy takes him outside. They have a talk. Freddy comes back in. He goes, hey, uh, Craig, yeah, you should leave. Really? You should leave for the day. I'll take mm. care of this. You should leave. And my bosses, they're all, well, what? why should he leave? And he goes, because uh, I'm pretty sure he came here to kill Craig. <laughs> But don't worry about it. I got it handled. Oh, we're worried about it. Yeah. They're like, okay, Craig, you leave. And we won't call the police until... No, no, no. Nobody called the police. He called his brother. He goes, hey, you need to call... He knew Manolo's uh, buddy. Manolo's what they also called him. He knew, he, he, knew, he knew the street he came from. So Freddie had to go above him and yes. tell him to, and call him Call his brother, who's still in the game. To say, hey, don't, don't make his a big guy mistake. And say, hey... Hey, Hector, you grew up on Rodeo Drive, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I got a problem with one of your, one of your boys. Man, Freddie. So literally, Freddie, Freddie calls me that day and goes, don't worry about it. It's all taken care of. You can come back to work. No problem. Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah, and I go, uh, what was the problem? Yeah. But this, it all got ironed you, out. You should be sending Freddie Christmas cards and stuff every no, year. No, I don't talk to Freddie anymore. <laughs> I watched him nearly beat my neighbor to death, and I'm like, oh, nice. we're good. Really? Karen, Karen's like, why are you home? You're like, oh, I got sent home uh, <laughs> I with, with attempted murder. Yeah, I just had to drop two names. Well, uh, Manola came back, uh, and uh, Fred, Freddie's taking care of She goes, oh, fuck, really? Ugh. Ugh. Do they know where we live? <laughs> yeah, right. You might yeah. have to move. You might have to uh, change your license plate. I, I literally thought that. I thought, fuck, we might have to like. We have to get new cars. Out. We have to move. <laughs> right. We, you know. This, this threat is going to be really inconvenient. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, it was. Yeah, it was sketchy. It was sketchy. Yeah, you don't want... Yeah, that's the thing, man. Yeah. And I'm like, this is a fucking candle. I make $10 an hour. It's the most low-stakes gig ever. Like, yeah. Why would somebody get that upset about something? It's the same thing with Road Rage. People, yeah, 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 people yeah, yeah. who Just might like mind. get out of their car and try to beat somebody up. It's like, look, when you get over eighteen, or or I think it's basically below about twenty five, you might see a little scuffle or a little fight. But once sure. you get to a certain age, you're like, no, we call the cops. You go to jail. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you, right. you you don't go and get to threaten people and fight it out and just get to have a fun story to tell your buddies. Absolutely. You go to jail because you assaulted somebody. Right. But you just never know what kind of person is. So I'm just like. I'm gonna start just waving people by if yep. you're tailgating I'm sorry. me. Let me get out of your way. Like you know, there's no benefit. There's no benefit no. of getting into fights no. on the road. Get my face caved in because I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, you fucking prick. Fuck you. You're driving like a maniac. Right. Fuck you. Oh, you want to fight? Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you want to take it outside yeah. the car? Yeah. Next level. Uh, Jesus. Fuck all that. I saw. Um, I was I was jogging over the five. Mm-hmm. I was on a bridge over the five. And I saw like this car pulled over, and this dude was like, they were kind of smacking each other. This dude oh. and and this woman were kind of fighting each other. Dude and a woman. And nice. so I called up nine one one, and I was gonna say like, yeah, I was gonna say like, this guy is beating his wife. But as it's coming out of my mouth, I realized I don't know if they're married. I don't so know I go, their story. I go, yeah, there's this guy beating his woman, yeah. like as if like as if she's. His property. I just right. like. I feel like I was part of the crime all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. But it's, Did they respond? I don't know because I had to go home. I was jogging, so I didn't have my phone on me. So I jogged my ass home. 
Oh, to make the call. There we go. So it was on the side of the five, and it looked violent. Oh, yeah. If you're going to pull over on the freeway. I guess I was the only witness. Assholes on the five who didn't call. Yeah. They're like, dude, this commute's going pretty good. I'm not going to stop. I actually noticed that in L.A., too. Like, New York had 9-11, and I think they already had this kind of mentality anyway. But when people started putting all those signs in the subways that are like, if you see something, say something. Mm -hmm. Everybody, those phone lines were jammed because people were always, like, paranoid. I see this guy he looks middle eastern i don't know yeah, like yeah, they yeah. got a lot of calls like that but in la there's none of that mentality it's hmm. more like if you can ignore something you just should do just walk just away and just brand. don't ever speak of it again yeah i uh i was at uh the bart station in san francisco and there was a suitcase just chilling in the middle of the lobby <laughs> right. and i go over to the guy selling tickets or whatever his job is security and i go yeah there's a suitcase all by itself right over there and he goes mm-hmm. that's great <laughs> that yeah, was I, was like, I was like, I guess 9-11 was 10 years ago and We don't give a fuck No anymore. big deal, okay right. He okay. gave you a that's great Like, thanks like, buddy He gave me a fuck off Oh my goodness <laughs> Mind your uh, It's ticking Does that help? But fucking That's hilarious I don't think there's a clock I was, I was totally embarrassed And I'm like, well, I guess I'll never do that again <laughs> yeah, I guess that's not important <laughs> Yeah Maybe I'll just go and take it and open it up then. Sorry, I was brainwashed, dude. Okay. Sorry, I'm trying to make you do your job. Well, it's inevitable that the country will get, like, you know, you know, some attack shit will happen. I mean, besides the fact that there's a shooting or a fucking mass murder that running around. every month. Now, every man. month. Dude, before 9-11, I could freely travel with weed yep, it's <laughs> in my suitcase yep. and or pocket. Yeah, just in the pocket or your sock. Fucking no big yep. deal, bro. Right. Now I have to take the train like a, pre- a peasant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but sometimes I wonder, if I was driving behind myself driving, mm-hmm. I wonder if I would hate myself. You like, probably would. I don't think it matters who's in front of me or behind me. I'm that's, just going to hate them. That's what always. sucks about human psychology. Right. It's hard to have empathy a lot of times. True. It is true. Because I, I, sometimes if I'm driving cautious and just, you know, I don't fucking text. I don't, you know, I'll just drive and try to be normal i wonder if the people behind me are like dude speed up you shouldn't be leaving five feet like there, you should be leaving three feet you oh, know wow. what i mean because like yeah. you leave a cushion because people break so fast yeah sometimes people leave a half a block but and then, when i fucking yeah. pass them i look at them like you fucking, you fucking dick yeah. you're part of the fucking congestion <laughs> yeah exactly like scoot it up scoot it up and, that, and that's why i'm always cutting people off or leaving too much space yeah you, you can't win as far as everyone else's um, opinion of you on the road that's right. it. No. You just have to leave the ego at home on mm-hmm. that one. They're going to hate your living guts. Yeah. 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 I've decided all people from Nevada and Florida <laughs> drive too fucking slow for L.A. Yeah. <laughs> I know I do. That would be true. <laughs> um, let's get this movie review. Oh, shit. What movie? I don't know. I'm calling Wendell right now. Hopefully this works. I'm having problems with it lately. These Dr. Trey's. No good? Well, they're good. They sound good. But they're way too, too much tight space. on your ear. Oh, like they squeeze your fucking ear. Yeah, after a couple hours on the yeah. on the plane, I don't know how people wear them. They're getting ready to make the biopic, dude. Straight out of Compton. What? Yo. Oh yeah, Wendell. Wendell, can you hear me? Yeah, man. What's up? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, Riser's poker game last night. How'd you make out? Well, uh, it could have been better. I didn't really catch any cards. Uh, I mean, I ended up making like five bucks or something. But mm. I guess it's better than losing. Yeah, yeah, man, just fold them, man. You don't want to stay in a hand that you're going to lose. You got to you got to Listen, fold. you got to know when to fold. I was going to say, when you're playing poker, does that song come through your head? Always. Um, 
At no, least, not at really. least one. Not a real yeah, poker player. They're talking, drinking beers and shit. You guys don't play poker, do you? No. Me, no. There's only like there's like four movies called The Gambler. There's like parts one through four of The Gambler with mm-hmm. Kenny Rogers. Is that what you're reviewing today, Wendell? Uh, no. <laughs> That's a negative. Oh, okay, good. Because um, <laughs> part three no, was pretty good. Uh, no, it's just I don't really have much of anything to review with the exception of uh, I was just watching a trailer online for a new uh, Denzel movie with... Uh, <laughs> Directed by Anton Antoine Fuqua, who directed uh, Training Day. Uh-huh. They're finally collaborating again after doesn't, 13 years. Doesn't Fuqua make like terrible movies now, though? Didn't you review a movie of his recently and shit all over it? Yeah, that, yeah, I did. Uh, I was very disappointed. The Schwarzenegger uh, movie. He just did that Schwarzenegger movie, right? That's um, the one. I don't remember. I didn't see it. I saw Godzilla. Um, what, is he, what was it? He, what, what did I review that he... Uh, that doesn't matter. I saw Godzilla, Wendell. I worked on Godzilla. Did you? Did you? Yeah, the subway scene. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Wendell's, oh, Wendell saw Godzilla. He just reviewed it recently. What'd you give it, Wendell? Oh, okay. What'd you give it? I gave it three and a half ice cream trucks. I could have guessed. Sweet. Hey, what did you review? <laughs> did you review Captain America, the, the new one? Because I heard that yeah, was good. Yeah, I did that uh, last week. Was it good? You like it? For the current show, uh, or the show that just, uh, this match just put out. Yeah, uh, I liked it. It was really good, uh, if I had known uh, Scarlett Johansson had such a big role, I would have watched it a lot sooner. <coughs> I'm going to go see that tonight at the drive-in with the wife and kid. Are you? Yeah. Oh, we'll drive nice, in Newport. Riverside. Spoil- what? Yeah, there's uh, actually there's a lot of drive-ins in Orange County. Um, East uh, Riverside, uh, Monrovia. Dude, uh, City of Industry. Sounds fun I'm, I'm, I'm just now thinking of a reality show that you should pitch. Huh. Craig Coleman, after you get the conspiracy podcast started, right? <laughs> Craig Coleman does drive-ins. Craig Coleman yeah. does drive-ins. And then Wendell can review the movie at the end. Yeah, if you go to uh, Pennsylvania, actually has the most operating uh, drive-ins in the country. But if you go to driveins.com, it'll tell you which ones are still fucking hot. Pennsylvania has the most? Yeah, that and a lot of satanic stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. It's well, that's a big state. Yeah, so there you go. Two things about Pennsylvania. Yeah. Bam. And in Pittsburgh, they put the french fries right on the sandwich. That's true. Boom! So, Wendell, what's right. going on? What, 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 do you, what do you have to review? Um, well, uh, I guess trailer. I was going to review that trailer I just watched. For... <laughs> <laughs> for, uh, for uh, it's actually, actually, I, I misspoke. It wasn't uh, Antoine Fuqua uh, directed Training Day, but the movie I shit all over was that David Ayer movie, uh, Sabotage, the Schwarzenegger, was yeah. that David Ayer wrote Training Day. Okay. Antoine Fuqua directed so it. What, so Antoine Fuqua is a great director. So, I don't want to shit on him. So what trailer are we talking about here? Uh, it's, a re- it's a new movie. It's a remake of The Equalizer. Remember that TV show from 85? Sure. Mm. Um, they did a remake of the show for a movie uh, with Denzel in it and uh, Antoine Fuga directed and so, and so, it actually looks pretty good I thought we were all so, nodding like no yeah yeah we know what you're talking about nope, and so nope. what, what, what what rating do you give this trailer uh, dude I gotta give it uh, four ice cream trucks right now oh I mean, great that wow. is, that's a great trailer <laughs> Not, yeah, that should win there are awards like just for trailers or something you know so what 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 rating do you give Riser's poker game last night? Yeah. Um, 
We're going to give him five ice cream trucks. He'd love to get times, get fun. Excellent. Uh, I saw you over there, by the way, sneaking that little. I thought you were taking a picture or something. I caught, I caught on you doing that, by the way. Yeah. That's that what you did. If you want to go to my Twitter, there's a, there's a vine. It's one of my first vines I put up of Wendell. Nice. Like a pig in shit. He is so happy to be at this poker game. <laughs> You gotta check it out. It's a you look good too, man. It's a good it's a good picture. I'll put it up on Instagram too. Did you stay the night? <laughs> no, no. We ended up leaving. Uh, when did we leave? Like two. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold one, on. One or two. Hold yeah. on, hold on. You said you couldn't do the podcast today. I, I'm just thinking this now. You said you couldn't do the podcast now. How are you available to be on the phone? How am I available on the phone? Yeah, like where are you? No, I. I I'm not. I'm not available on Sundays because I usually go to bed. I have, Lord's to, Day. I have to go to bed in about two hours because I have to get up at midnight and go to work at two in the morning on Monday. Okay. Oh, oh right. I was just curious. Shift tonight. I was huh? just curious. Holiday pay. Ah, uh, you know, I'm not sure if I get holiday pay or not. I, I have to. You will. That. You better get after so after midnight. It'll agency, be. So they're probably gonna fuck me. Oh, temp agency. But, no, they'll fuck you. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Wendell, uh, how many uh, ice cream trucks did you give to Man on Fire? Oh, did I get five? That movie five. Was fucking awesome. Yeah, okay. I, I just want to make sure we're on the same page there. I oh, yeah. That movie was awesome. That's worst. why I'm excited no, about the Equalizer. One of the like stupidest the movies I've ever seen. Man on Fire? Yeah, Man on trailer, Fire. He's just fucking people up. God, I loved Man on Fire. You did? Yeah. Are, I you, know. are you thinking Man on Wire or Man on Fire? No, no. Man on Fire. <laughs> Denzel, Man I on love, Fire. I'm going to get sober and just kick everyone's ass. Yeah. Isn't that I loved flight? it. Huh? I don't know why. Dude, that movie was the best. That, was that movie's best been done a million ever. times, but I just like to see Denzel doing it. I don't know why I couldn't connect with that movie. I feel like I'd seen it a gazillion times, and I'm like, I like action movies and stuff, but I just didn't. I ignore most action movies. I didn't like it. That was one of the ones I glommed that, all over. Is that the one where the little girl gets kidnapped? Yes. yes. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I give, I'll give it like three. Yeah, I'm not gonna three, say it's the yeah. worst. It was a well. <laughs> it was it's the worst. No, it's it's one of the well done versions of that storyline. Yes, yes. Whatever, whatever fucking color correction they did on that movie, it's fucking great. <clears throat> Isn't that a Ridley Scott movie or something? Is it? I that's why I didn't yeah. like it. I didn't yeah, like the Ridley Scott. Yeah, I didn't like the yeah. color and the the vibe of the. I, I I just didn't need all that. I thought it was over stylized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I all haven't right. seen it in a while. All right, but it man, was it was on fire. Mixed reviews. People dude. love it. That's one of the best lines. <laughs> And when did this come out? Uh, 2005? 95. It's really old. It's Man before my daughter. Man on Fire? It's yeah. a Charlie Chaplin movie, right? Oh, three. It's Black yeah, and White. Yeah, Charlie Chaplin, yeah. Charlie Chaplin. All right. It's a talkie. All right. So, uh, anything else to add? you want to plug your t-shirts or anything? Sure, man. Uh, go to... Well, actually, if you want to see a good picture of the shirts, check out the Full Charges Twitter... Um, yeah, go down of, uh, about <laughs> thirty-five there. tweets. Uh, <laughs> one of the super fans there showed up to his show with two how, of my how shirts. Do I... and it looked fucking awesome, and he, I retweeted him, and uh, I know full charge has it on his his Twitter. But uh, how do I yeah, find the t-shirt? Uh, go to fiveicecreamtrucks.spreadshirt.com. Fiveicecreamtrucks.spreadshirt.com. And Wendell. Yeah. Wendell, I gotta plug your t-shirts. Uh, I should plug mine as much as I plug yours. Wendell's t-shirts actually look really fucking good, really good. Nice, thank you. All right, Dude, buddy. Someone actually bought one last night. I think it must have been someone at the poker game. I just checked the site a little while ago, so I sold four things now. Maybe it was my fucking vine that four, got everything heated up. Four things, maybe. So it's we, like twelve dollars coming like a, your way. A new car in your future, bro. Dude, 
I'm about to start making it rain, dude. I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, dude. Don't forget to add in that five dollars you made at the card game. You can quit that job, uh, right? That's right. <laughs> Throw that in the pot. All right, Woo! buddy. All right, buddy. I got to get running. All right, man. Good to talk I'm to you. Talking to you guys. Later, Later, Wendell. Later. Later. <laughs> okay, folks. <laughs> Thanks Wendell. for. Uh, Thanks for hanging in on that really great um, uh, trailer uh, uh, preview. preview mm-hmm. uh, re- review. Yep. We reviewed a trailer. It's like, have you seen anything lately? <laughs> no, I saw a trailer. So what are you going to review? I guess the trailer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to review a Coke commercial I just saw. Yeah. Oh. Okay, guys. Uh, thanks for hanging in, and thanks for coming to listen to the podcast. You can check me at The Full Charge. Come check me in Des Moines on the 11th. Des Moines. And uh, buy my CD. This is a part of the job I hate. Craig Coleman. At, it. at Team Coleman 76. That's at all Team I Coleman got. 76. I'm at Aaron Cater with one A, A-R-O-N-K-A-D-E-R. Got my website, AaronCater.com. I'll be at the Comedy Store tonight. Nice. Yeah. Um, usually they've been giving me a Sunday night spot. That's cool. Because they don't do the uh, open mic on I Sundays heard. now, so I they heard. give out spots. But um, anyway, so uh, and then I'll be watching sports. We really didn't get into it because you guys aren't big sports fans. Yeah, but you tweet sports all the time, True. don't you? That's the only reason I'm on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if sports you're a sports and fan, politics. check out Twitter's, uh, I mean, Aaron's Twitter. Yeah, I'm doing all sports and politics all there most of the time. But uh, yeah, buy Fultron CD. <laughs> don't be a bunch of stiffs over in Des Moines. Yeah, and, uh, and that's going to do it for us. Great being here. Yeah, dude. You're welcome back anytime. Mm. I hope so. Anytime. Boom. Word. Meet me at the ice cream truck. I'll buy you some ice cream. You know what I mean? The show is obscene, but I bet you gon' like these three dudes trying to get along. Craig Coleman and Matt Fulcheron. Don't forget to start a show. EA Dub, Eric Allen Wendell. Let's roll. Try to keep up. Turn up the AC. Stay cheating up. Eat it up. Time to devour the full charge power hour.